1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom here on the Lions of Liberty Network. And as promised, I'm going to keep this a bit shorter because I got some criticism live in person to Porkfest that my intros are too long. So I will be a little on the quicker side and just set this up by saying this was recorded live in person, me and Jeffrey Tucker at the uh, Lions of Liberty slash Free the People Tent. Uh, we utilized the awesome camera and audio equipment, Free the People, Matt Kibby, Terry Kibbe, um, by their uh, their group there. So very much appreciative of everyone who made this happen. An incredible interview. Um, maybe one of the favorite interviews I've ever done. If you want to hear more interviews like this, if you want Brian and I to go to more events, then join the Pride Lions of Liberty. <laughs> That's not the site. Patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Uh, LinesOfLiberty.Locals.Com. Join up, give us some loot, send us on our way. Let's get to the interview. <laughs> All right, we're, we're recording. We're just going to go right into okay. the podcast. Just from what we're talking about, we're okay. talking about Twitter <laughs> live here with Jeffrey Tucker here at uh, at Pork Fest. Jeffrey Tucker yesterday introduced RFK Jr. for a uh, a talk that he gave up here. I thought a fantastic, uh, fantastic... Uh,
0: uh, what? Talk or introduction?
1: You gave an introduction uh, for I'm RFK. just saying, what, what was
0: fantastic, my introduction or the talk? Both. Okay. Both were okay. fantastic. Okay.
1: okay. Yours may be a little bit more fantastic than RFK's. <laughs> that's, that's a lie. That's a lie. Um, but, but so
0: before they, they, when they asked me to introduce them, they said, uh, we'd love, we'd be so honored if you um, would introduce RFK. Don't make it longer than three minutes. <laughs> so,
1: so I had to we that We will pull up you off the stage yeah. if it's one second longer than yeah. three minutes. It was
0: interesting because uh, one doesn't know what to say beyond, you know, flattering the speaker or something like that. But I, I just had noticed right before I got on stage that it's been 40 months since the lockdown. Mm. And that, that number 40 has this strange uh, significance in in our uh, in our religious traditions. You know, there's 40 years in the desert. You know, I think Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days before preparing his ministry, and uh, so on it goes, right? The number 40. So here we are at the 40 months. So I, that's the I began it, you know, mm-hmm. with this... Uh, this imagery of, of 40 days and 40, 40, months. And, you know, is this the moment of our liberation? The truth is that RFK was out there from the very beginning on mm-hmm. this whole thing. And, and it really was just like br- a bright comet in the sky. You know, we were all suffering under lockdowns. We didn't know what the hell was happening. They said, well, you have to lock down to get away from the bad disease. And then we did that. And they said, well, we said, well, we don't like being locked down. They said, not a problem. Just put on this mask and then we still were locked down so now we're locked down with a mask and then we said we don't like these masks and they said well, don't worry about it, just get this vaccine so we got the vaccine but now we have now we have a, 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 a MR, you know, spike protein in our blood plus a mask plus lockdown <laughs> and in the midst of all this uh, RFK came out with this great book called mm-hmm. uh, The Real Anthony Fauci um, which is a very interesting title because it's not really about it is about Fauci but it's about a lot more than that it's mm-hmm. a A reconstruction of the biomedical security state since World War II. So, if you thought that the idea of lockdowns and yeah, uh, uh, despotism by by Big Pharma was was invented in February of 2020, you know he's got another story to tell you.
1: Yeah, and I think that we'll just get right into RFK's talk. I mean, one of the most interesting parts for me, which he was basically reciting it from his book, right, Um, talking about. Really, this this cover up, which now it's it's kind of even more interesting because recently it's been it's been proven that COVID was made in a lab, right? Mm-hmm. That's beyond a shadow of a doubt. We now know that yeah. with the recent revelations. I mean,
0: I would say I would phrase it that that there's a lot of evidence that points to that direction. Sig-
1: yeah. Significant yeah. evidence. Um, yeah, and with it, it wasn't just you know a conspiracy theory with RFK. Spouting off. Um, he, he connected the dots and uh, you know, talked about the CIA's involvement in funding, the NIH's involvement in right. funding the, the Wuhan laboratory. The, the
0: gain of function research, right, which right. the important thing about that talk was that I think a lot a lot of times we think of gain of function research as you're trying to get ahead of the new flu strain or mm-hmm. you're trying to get ahead you, you try to anticipate the new mutation of the virus. So what what, JF, what RFK did yesterday and he didn't say this is what I'm gonna do but what he explained is gain of function the real purpose of gain of function research is uh, a warfare.
1: he called it a bioweapon
0: yeah, yeah it's a bioweapon so that it's the, this is all a revelation to me but mm-hmm. you know these these things are all linked they're not trying to you know cure next next season's virus they're trying to create weapons of mass destruction or as he put it in his talk he said that a poor man's nuclear weapon mm. that was amazing uh, this was not a normal stump speech.
1: <laughs> no, no, well, that, and, and that's interesting because I, you know, I wonder how much of this was tailored to knowing the crowd that he's talking to, who have an already a high level understanding of you know what's happened over the past. Few I, you years. know,
0: I, I think you know what I really think, uh, and I've heard him talk a lot, and I've spent some time with him, that sort of thing. You know, he is fundamentally an educator, and he he's a researcher and he's got a passion for truth and when he discovers things that are not well known mm-hmm. he uses the microphone on his platform to to teach them so that's that's why he's got this this uh, pedagogical style about him mm-hmm. and and his memory of recall of names and dates is actually quite remarkable it's amazing
1: it, it is it is remarkable and you know people talk about his voice you know the how, how is he going to be able to, to talk and you know go go on the campaign trail? Well, he did a three hour podcast with Joe Rogan and had absolutely no issue talking for three hours. And honestly, yeah. the, the more I hear him and the more I hear him talk, the less I notice you don't, the voice, you, you don't hear. It. Yeah. yeah,
0: that that's really true. The the first time, you know, with the, for, the, for for it lasts for about ten seconds, and then mm-hmm. you, and you you adjust your ears slightly, and then it's all fine, and then it yeah. all seems normal after that. So yeah, uh, initially they they thought that that was going to make it impossible for him to uh, to be a viable politician. They said, well, you can't you can't be a politician with that voice. Actually, um, it, it has the opposite effect. Uh, it's 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 strange, sounding. so you listen more carefully. Yeah. So there's that. The second thing uh, they thought was... <laughs> they thought they would kill him by calling him an anti-vaxxer.
1: See, that, and that is... So one of the <laughs> most interesting parts about this whole COVID thing we've been through, right, right. Has, has been, as we've all learned about, you know, the nefarious... Uh, the various characters behind it, Anthony Fauci, and it's woken a lot of people up to not just the COVID vaccine being potentially dangerous, but oh wait, let's look at every vaccine now, and I
0: mean, and the whole suite of products from from mm-hmm. the pharmacological, from Big Pharma, right? So it it's blasted open this the entire field, and we when we're talking about pharma, we are we're talking about our health, which is to say our lives. Yeah. So it's a very important uh, feature of the human experience. Uh, which is one of the reasons when I started Brownstone, and you know, I did it in light of lockdowns, uh, so that we could address this essential issues of human liberties and human rights, mm-hmm. and that's my life and that's my concern. But there was a overlap here with, with with the medical side of things, and which, and I, I you know I schooled myself as quickly as I possibly could in the early days about infectious disease and immunology, the history of pandemics and the state response to it, and you know got uh, pretty good at it. However. Um, with Brownstone, I really wanted to expand it uh, beyond that to issues of, of health and mm-hmm. and the influence of um, the state and state-connected industries on our lives. Right. And so that's why I've teamed up with the FLCCC, uh, which is an organization of doctors that, that came up with a protocol to address uh, the problem of COVID at a time when the NIH and CDC was not paying any attention to how do you get mm-hmm. well if you get sick. That was not an issue because they just wanted to ban everything to wait right. for the vaccine, which is one of the greatest scandals of our lives. Um, but the FLCCC said, you know, there are things you can do. You for, know? for
1: those who don't know, they might, you know, maybe they're not informed, but what does the FLCCC stand for? Uh, well, I actually I think I it's, no called, it's
0: called Frontline COVID Care uh, Critical Care Alliance. Okay. Like that. But that's the thing. So it was an organization started out of COVID, but all of our talks this week are about about health and vitamin vitamin D and all these okay. things that are related to pharma. You know what what can you trust from your doctor? What can't you? What's the problem with our food supply? It opens it's a window to everything, right? So I've kind of outsourced th- th- that scientific medical uh, side of Brownstone to FLCCC while we focus on. You know, issues of human rights, human liberties, censorship, uh, corporatism, and, and so on. But together, we've, we're make you know, very nice sister organizations. We've got a whole suite of uh, talks here this week.
1: Uh, uh, let, let me ask a, a yeah. question, a quick poll of the crowd. So who, since COVID happened, who has changed in, you know, in some way, your relationship with your doctor maybe, or how you look at the medical establishment? Who is, whose outlook has changed in that way? I'm asking them. Every every single yeah, person is yeah. basically raising their hand. Yeah. Brian says we hated them from the get go, and I mean, it's just to a certain degree. Yes, you know, I've I me personally, I've always been skeptical to a degree of you know doctors and what are they trying to do? Are they you know trying to profit from right. you know, selling a certain drug? But I think things have changed entirely when right. you start to realize just. Sure. Doctors went to school and they did all the schooling. They right. memorized all this information, but they're not even up to date on the newest yeah. uh, technologies, on the on the newest changes to diet that can impact or, or, supplements or, or the
0: basics of nutrition. Yeah, uh, which is a course that is not offered in medical schools. Mm-hmm. Incredible as that seems. So your your sense of, of that was was mine too. Which I I'm suspicious of these. I mean, the AMA basically took over American, uh, you know, the uh, nationalized American allopathic medicine back in you know something like 1913 you know with the monopolization of the medical schools and that sort of thing so I've always been a little suspicious and always a, you know a bit of a dabbler in home remedies and that sort of thing but I had no idea mm-hmm. of the scale of it like when you when you say 5 years ago imagine scenarios under which America would fall to Totalitarian control, and we'd be uh, have our churches shut down, small businesses closed, domestic capacity restrictions, so you can't, you know, and, and travel restrictions, so you can't mm-hmm. attend your grandmother's funeral. And so, uh, and asked you, you know, what is going to provoke that? You might have said something like, well, an asteroid attack, you know, or I don't know, something else, mm-hmm. right? Another nine eleven. You would not have said, uh, a, a a a seasonal coronavirus with a ninety nine point nine seven percent you know survival rate for everybody right. under seventy. <laughs> I mean that's not the le- So so it's it's a fascinating thing to to explore how this all came to be, mm-hmm. and a lot of my research over the last three years has been on that topic.
1: So let's pivot back for a minute to talk about RFK yeah. and the and the campaign itself. Um, so we, you were asked to give the introduction. Are right. you affiliated in any way with the campaign, or is uh, that
0: no, no, not at all? Okay. Uh, uh, so I thought that was interesting. I think uh, the theory might have been that there was going to be a lot of skeptics towards him, and that if I stood up and introduced him, to somebody. Up a here, friendly face, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: well,
0: so, something like that. I'm not entirely sure, but but I have to say that that I'm I'm a fan. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's done a lot of good. Now, I have has some doubts about his his worldview and uh, and his political outlook. I think he's wedded to that kind of good government liberalism of the 1950s and 60s that uh, that I long ago personally rejected. On the other hand, I can imagine worse things. You know, mm-hmm. so
1: well. We were just having a discussion with uh, with Scott Horton, and uh, which turned into a fantastic Scott Horton rant about about RFK. But um, so w- what he was talking about is. You know, he's out there really addressing these things at, at the core. You know, people call him a conspiracy theorist, an anti-vaxxer, but he has the receipts to back it up. He knows the mm-hmm. history, right? So from that perspective, libertarians love that. Um, so he has to be sure to be able, if he doesn't want to attract, you know, libertarian-leaning people, um, right-wing type people in, in in one respect, he has to be sure to continue to to say that as, you know, as his campaign grows, maybe and gets and gets on a higher level, a national level, um, but at the same time, he's running as a Democrat, so right. he has to be able to attract liberal voters, so like we right. were talking about with you know the classic Kennedy um, you know like his father or sure. or his uncle. He has to be able to attract voters by talking about welfare and uh, yeah. taking care of people. Oh, that's true. But you know,
0: the way you put it is is interesting to me because uh, it, you're presented it as if he's he's mapping out a strategy for himself. Maybe he's bit. not mapping out. So strategy I don't. Yeah, right I don't now. believe that. I don't okay. think he's. I don't think he's doing that at all. I think he's. he's Do you
1: think he should be mapping out a strategy? Like uh, that?
0: No, <laughs> I. I don't. I. I mean, I don't. I don't think there are any rules uh, these days. Mm-hmm. And and the less you listen to campaign consultants, probably the better off you're going to be. I mean, his spontaneous, you know, intuitions are going to be better than mm. any what any speechwriter writes for him. So I, I think his view is that he's going to trust his intuition over what is true. He's never going to condescend to voters. He's going to talk at a very high level, and he's going to speak to the America that he, uh, that his his father and his uncle believed existed, mm-hmm. and he believes exists. I'm not sure. It exists anymore, yeah. but I have to tell you, it's kind of exciting to hear him talk because you think maybe we can put it back together again. You know, it is. Yeah,
1: it, it's, it it's makes you a little even, hopeful. It's hard to explain, um, you know. Just you know, just telling no friends or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to hear RFK Junior. talk. If I said that like two or three years yeah. ago, nope. I'd be like, well, why? Why, why? would I want yeah. to go to that? But yeah. yeah, there is. There's a different energy to it in that he does have that Kennedy name. Yeah, and. You alluded to it there. He's authentic. I yeah, mean, he's, he's not. He is a you know very wealthy person, yeah. of course. T- he doesn't have to be doing this. No,
0: and and to that extent, his his seeming ideological migrations that mm-hmm. we're watching in real time uh, come from a very sincere place. He's mm-hmm. trying to figure it out, and you know the issue on on guns is a is a great one because he he was somehow convinced that uh, there was this. This relationship between the school shootings and successfully liberal gun uh, laws Mm. uh, or permissions, and but now he's asked about that. You can tell he's not quite sure anymore. Uh, He certainly there there might be a pharmacological route to these school shootings, and he also said the Supreme Court has said has read the Second Amendment very broadly. Mm -hmm. I. Uh, that is a law of land, and I'm, I'm going to stick by that. And he said, and these times when every right in the Bill of Rights is being attacked, you know, f- first, third, fourth, sixth, fifth, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, mm-hmm. so on, all being attacked, this is the worst time to be seen, to be uh, going against what people believe is their essential rights, which is the Second Amendment mm-hmm. right. And uh, that that's the he puts it. I think that comes from a sincere place.
1: Yeah, I, I think it does, too. And yeah. I mean you know there was some you know libertarian chatter some pushback about at the speech yesterday there were yeah there there were metal detectors and yeah yeah. what i say about that is if anyone gets a pass on that yeah it's it's a a kennedy i'm
0: glad you said that because i completely agree with you like like honestly like this is not the uh the time Mm -hmm. and i was imagining you know and we love our pork festers but you know they don't always have the best filter um and I was imagining somebody come up to him and say, listen, if somebody try if somebody shoots you, I promise you that person will be dead in a second. which, which is probably true. But, yeah, but that's more or But or you're less still shocked. But that's like, also uh, what happened to his <laughs> uncle, right? I get it. I get it. This yeah. was not this was not the time to test out uh, you know, the theory of um, you know, more guns, less crime, you know, at least not to his mind. So um, but I thought he did a wonderful, wonderful job and and uh, so, the other thing I really like about him is he's just how disruptive this is, mm-hmm. you know, to the Democratic Party of all things. I mean, as far as I can tell, the the DNC is entirely a deep state party, I and mean, that's all it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's saying, "Well, maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe it can be the party of my father, or my, my my grandfather. Maybe there are voters out there." Who are not connected to the deep state that would like to have a different person to support. And he seems to be right about yeah. that so far. I mean, there's a real possibility, I guess, I'm not a political guy, but that he could win the New Hampshire primary. What happens then?
1: Yeah, it's, it's remarkable that I'm even considering changing my registration <laughs> to a Democrat <laughs> to, to vote don't. for him. Um,
0: so I, let me ask you, why, why does, is it just that nostalgia? That means something to me. I'm, he's making mis- me nostalgic. I don't in, even in know. A, I mean, I
1: don't even know what I'm nostalgic for. But, yeah. um, <laughs> well, you know, maybe <laughs> in
0: America where you know, the, yeah. the I don't know where rights yeah, are I, taken I, seriously. I,
1: I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I don't know if that America exists. Maybe we've gone, um, you know, too far down the path to be able to uh, to turn things around. I, I know I heard an uh, interview recently with Ron Paul and TimCast, uh-huh. and they were talking about presidential candidates, and they asked yeah. him about about Dave Smith running for president. And I don't want to misquote Ron Paul, but essentially what he said was, well, the ship has sailed. You know, we've gone we've yeah. con- too far. Oh. We can't turn things around at this point. Yeah.
0: You know, but IFK uh, reminds me of Ron Paul in a lot of ways, because mm-hmm. they're both extremely well-educated, very, you know, highly intelligent, but also idealistic people. Mm-hmm. And I used to work for Ron. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that always always struck me about him was his his incredible sincerity. I mean, there wasn't a malicious bone in this guy's body. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he really just believed in liberty, and he didn't. He never had a dark heart. He didn't have a dark outlook. He really just um, believed in the capacity of, of of this country to to turn around. And and I see that same kind of spirit in RFK. And I have to say it, I welcome it because. The last three years have really, I would say, sort of damaged us all. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly I've been woefully damaged. You know, I used to be this techno-optimist. You know, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be great, you know, thanks to LinkedIn or whatever the hell my theory was.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was wrong. You start to look at, I mean, it, it got to a point with COVID, you realize, well, Every major corporation, you know, they're forcing their employees yeah. to get this vaccine. They're forcing their employees to mask. If right. you don't do it, you're, you're losing your job. You're, you're losing your livelihood. And you're like, w- what, what can we do? How can we push back against this? And at least RFK has given us, you know, sort of a, a platform to yeah. start to pu- push back against it.
0: Uh, yeah, and 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 ultimately, I think our our struggle is a spiritual struggle in the sense that we, this is something we libertarians are really bad at is is kindling a a, a sense of hope, in in people mm-hmm. and and a belief that you know if you take charge of your lives that you can actually shape the, the world in which you live and. And RFK has really tapped into that, and it's meant, meant a lot to me. And we are coming out of three years, three years and three months of of living hell. I mean, I don't believe that anybody really expected anything like that would happen to us, you know. And mm-hmm. it, even the dreariest, darkest libertarian, you know, uh, gloom and doomer prepper, never imagined mm-hmm. that that you would have in this country uh, drones policing. Uh, uh, D- domestic residences for having too many cars out front, mm-hmm. and so on. I mean that we would destroy 3.4 million small businesses. Whatever, it's just inconceivable. But that happened to us. What mm-hmm. does that do to the human spirit? Well, you can look at the demographics about suicide and and substance abuse and uh, d- 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 depression and so on. All of which they're going to cure with new drugs. By the way, you know you that's notice that? that's what they want. Yeah, yeah so uh the The effect on the American spirit has been just devastating just it's It's crushed us all and I tell you, and you know stories I know stories. every listener has terrible stories mm-hmm. of of what happened in these years and, and and in many ways, we are a broken uh even shattered people. We are survivors of a of a grotesque calamity mm-hmm. so in these times, you need voices of hope and that's not Biden, you know. So I think RFK is playing a very important role. Like, even if he doesn't go anywhere politically, I think he's made a, a massive contribution to, to, I, to the culture. And we have no choice. We we cannot just sink into the pet. This is our, our lives. We have limited time in this world. What are we going to do with it? Are we just going to sit around mm-hmm. and go, well, I guess America was great once and, you know, it sucks now and, then I'm going to die soon. That is not a life anybody wants to live. We have to live with hope, and and a and a and the belief that we have the power to change mm-hmm. things.
1: Yeah, and I, I think even what he's done so far, just to this point, has been a tremendous contribution. And you know, from the point of getting people to question Big Pharma. Um, you know, getting people to take ownership of, right. you know, of, of their own bodies, of what we're eating, of, of, what, right. we're, of what we're consuming. That's um, not been a political issue for my yeah. lifetime ever. No, I've never yeah. heard anybody talk like this. And, and, and yes, there is, you know, the aspect of it where he's, he, you know, he's on Joe Rogan. He was talking about autism and vaccines. I, I have no idea if vaccines cause autism, but the people who, who say they don't can't give another cause so we really don't know what, what's happening yeah, wh- I, don't why really ha- been I don't really this, have this a this strong case.
0: opinion on that either but I would like to know yeah and I would like there to be a free discussion about it mm-hmm. like let's have some talk about it can, can we not really talk which, about this
1: and what he did talk about in his talk yesterday yeah. with, you know, with using the NIH and, and using federal agencies yeah. to be able to uh, you know pierce how did he phrase it pierce the uh, uh, what's the uh, what's Bail. Pierce the, pierce the veil of the what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, pierce the there's something it's like, <laughs> like a <laughs> that, that allows you know allows access to that to that data that yeah. you know typically you that know, information that yeah, they're, you're, you're they're not they're able kinda, to yeah. able to get to to be able to do the analysis to look at it and see you know what is the you know correlations between vaccines and, and autism or. Video games and autism, whatever. Yeah, if it, it's yeah. not
0: true, I'd like to know that. If it is true, I'd like to know that. You know, I mean, this. But uh, um, but I, I tell you what, they're not going to get away with the silence anymore. This this Peter Hotez, uh, who no. is uh, d- demanding that. You know, well, I mean, Joe Rogan invited Hotez to to debate RFK, and Hotez said, "Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything like that." Because that's beneath me and science is not, you know, a thing for public debate. We write, mm-hmm. we write papers for journals and you know what that means, right? I mean, these, these journals are all funded by the pharma, ph- right. big pharma yeah. and, and he's on, you know, getting massive grants from them. Mm-hmm. So he invites his friends. So they're just sitting and they're just in a bubble celebrating each mm-hmm. other. Is that's what science is. <laughs> just those of us who agree with each other, getting on the, on the take from, uh, from industry. Um, so, but he's not getting away with it, you know. I also th- think it's fascinating how, the last uh, 48 hours, I must have seen 50 articles in the mainstream press saying Hotez is right; he should never debate RFK. That's a terrible idea. He should. He's he's a man of courage for refusing to debate RFK. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Well, that's so interesting, and which goes to another another thing that's been revealed to us is the extent to which uh, you know five or six main media channels in this country are really just tools of the deep state. I mean, can you imagine believing that five years ago?
1: I didn't. I, I didn't either. I mean, maybe you have suspicions, but now it's like yeah. blatantly obvious. Well, we used to think they were
0: sort of biased. <laughs> yeah. But now we didn't know they were actually voices yeah. of the government. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Jeez. And, well, I mean, it's, it's a good point. And Brian just gave me a cue here. Um, so you're talking about mainstream media, right? But how much, how much impact does mainstream media have now? Sure, p- some people read it. Some people listen to CNN. I don't know how many people. But you have voices out there like Tucker Carlson who shares a, a, uh, a, a yeah. nameness with you to some degree. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, look, I'm I, i but I'm not going to go there with you on believing that somehow it's they're all falling apart, they're discredited, and we're taking it over, because I don't believe that. I don't think we're anywhere near that. You know, when we, you have...
1: You're saying that we're not near... Ta- I'm, I'm not saying we're near no, taking over the media. I don't think that
0: they're anywhere near having been, you know, that, that point of, of being discredited. I mean, the problem is that the mainstream media, combined with social media... Mm-hmm. Monopolizes about ninety five percent of the information communications the average person is getting. Um, I I mean, it's great that Tucker Carlson. Based
1: on based on the algorithms, but but Tucker Carlson is still getting millions and millions of views. Great, we are making
0: progress, but we've just got a long way to go. And I don't think we need to be naive about that. I'll tell you a quick story Mm -hmm. about this. Um, You run a website. You watch your podcast. How many people are listening Mm -hmm. to your podcast? You get excited. <coughs>
1: tens of millions. millions,
0: tens of millions. Oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> great. Um, well, that's great. Uh, maybe you're right and I'm wrong. But I, early on in the pandemic, I uh, really early, I wrote an article called "Oh, uh, that uh, about how Woodstock happened in the middle of a pandemic, right?" And so it was fact checked; was true. Hmm. And Zuckerberg's algorithms at that time were not very sophisticated, and they were wired to say if if fact checkers say something's true, then we're going to push it. And he did. And over the course of a week, uh, that thing got uh, uh, millions. I've never seen web traffic like that. I've never seen reach like that. That's on when fly. he
1: bought that hat was after that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: couldn't. I'd never seen anything like it. I, and I, I felt like it introduced me to the power and the reach of these platforms uh, that once they're united in purpose, they can really dominate a conversation.
1: Yeah, well, it's like, I mean, this is kind of, this isn't a political example, but I don't know if you've heard of the comedian Matt Reif, who came out of absolutely nowhere, and to me, he's not very funny, but all of a sudden, it's all I see on my Instagram reels, my Facebook reels, and I don't know if it's that's, you know him you know, that's good, yeah. with advertisements or if he's being pushed yeah, on us up, We can outsmart him. I, I just think yeah. it's
0: going to take a lot of work and more... I don't think it's inevitable. I guess is my main mm-hmm. point. You know, well, we have to keep fighting.
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely not inevitable. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, and you know, people talk about Twitter and what Elon has done for Twitter for free speech. And we were talking about before the show. Well, not necessarily as he is censoring some words and, and some different things. But. On the other
0: hand, it's the the only mainstream social media platform that is even plausibly approaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the possibility of free speech. I mean, that—that's an incredible. Where would we be without that? I mean, it's—you uh, know—all these social media platforms. You know all the names. They, again, they—they dominate ninety-five percent. Like, I'm really happy for Gitter and Parler, and you know whatever the rest of these things. But uh, that's a tiny, tiny fraction mm-hmm. of the market. So, uh, Twitter is—is is, has been a, a just a, an amazing gift. And I tell you something else that's really interesting to me right now. There are very powerful lawsuits that are extant right now. Missouri, Biden, and so on. And they're being litigated in our favor, by which I mean freedom. All the judges are like, well, we, this government can't outsource uh, its censorship ambitions to private industry and mm-hmm. embed federal employees in and, and these companies. And that this, is, this is contrary. They're all saying this. But here is what's interesting. And the discovery is we've generated about 20,000 pages of proof. That this is what's going on. And mm-hmm. even using fa- the fact checkers as quasi-censors, you know, as proxies for the real censors. I mean, this is, this is all extremely well documented from the very top. Now, here's the problem. If these law- and these lawsuits are succeeding, and yes, they're probably going to end up the Supreme Court, and yes, the Supreme Court will, will side for the First Amendment. Mm-hmm in three to five years, whatever it's going to be. I don't right. know, but we're, we're winning in every way you can possibly define that term winning. But even as that is happening, they're still doing it.
1: Yeah, and they're going to do it in different ways. So,
0: so it, it's a really interesting issue. Like, if you were running a social media company and you really believed that by cooperating with the NSA and the NIH and the FBI and the CIA was going to get you in trouble, wouldn't you stop? So this is the problem.
1: Yeah. This
0: is the problem. Uh, if if these lawsuits are cited are decided on our behalf, what is the mechanism by which we uh, stop them from doing it in the future?
1: What yeah. is that? We're system? not going to. We're not going to win a class action lawsuit for.
0: I don't. I don't know. I mean, and also, what's the penalty? Mm-hmm. i mean certainly no jail is, we're not talking about criminal lawsuits these are civil lawsuits so what the government throws a few bucks this, this way or that way to pay the court costs i don't know what but mm-hmm. but then <clears throat> what happens then how do we enforce it i mean who who you know who's who's going to be the government to rule the government i i don't know i don't i don't know and and what troubles me is that the censorship is ongoing every day but just two days ago um jordan peterson interviewed RFK. Really? <laughs> and their, their video was taken down off YouTube for, for vaccine disinformation. So it's no different now than it was two years ago. No different. Despite all the success of all these lawsuits and the discovery and all the debate and everything, mm-hmm. nothing's changed. Why is that? So it worries me. It worries me because I'm, I'm concerned that the mechanisms that the, uh, we, meaning Western civilization and the Constitution and the framers and all that, put in place to restrain the government are not working the way they're supposed to work. Like even if it works perfectly, mm-hmm. it's not actually going to work. What then?
1: Well, this is pork fest, so I know the answer. Bitcoin solves it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got I don't know 15 20 minutes left. If there's anyone in the crowd that has a question they would like to ask Jeffrey, we can we can do that. I have a question. All right, so this is, this is what I was trying to get at. I'm yeah. just going to leave. I'm just going to fuck the mic up. So this is what I was trying to get with the Tucker Carlson uh, mouthing at you. Basically, I don't know if you know this, Jeffrey, but yesterday, I believe, yesterday I believe, Tucker Carlson did about a 20-minute episode on Twitter yep. literally talking about RFK explicitly yep. and Peter Hotez. But yep. I wanted to know your take on the impact that can have of... If you can get Tucker Carlson as a seventy million views uh, a yeah. Twitter stream now yeah. behind RFK, yeah. what kind of a game changer yeah, it, might it, that it, be?
0: Yeah, I, and look, I want to be the optimist, and I am thrilled by that. I think I looked at it after fourteen hours and I had about fourteen million views. Is probably up to seventy now, and I think uh, uh, the combined six uh, his six episodes were are uh, you know in the hundreds of millions. So the, I thank God for Tucker Carlson, so I can say. I mean, I'm just. Wow, huh? I mean, he has just been mm-hmm. incredible. A lion of liberty, so to speak. He,
1: well, he, he used to be, <laughs> ba- back in the day, we are speaking of Ron Paul earlier. Didn't he MC that Ron Paul event in, what was that, 2008? Yeah, he's
0: always had a libertarian streak. I knew him mm-hmm. when, when he was a, a an intern at the Heritage Foundation, you know, back in the old days. And uh, he's always been a little bit libertarian-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fascinating thing about Tucker is... He played I'm not sure how many people know this, but he played a really important role in convincing Trump to lock down. Really? Yeah.
1: How how so can you expand on that?
0: Yeah. There's a guy named Matthew Puttinger who is fluent in Mandarin and worked for the National Security Council under Trump whose wife is Taiwanese, and he spent a lot of time embedded in Beijing. Mm. He's considered to be a China hawk and trusted by all the China hawks and the conservatives. And he hangs around the right cocktail parties. He's beloved in Washington by all of our friends. And one day, he arrived in Washington with a very bad news that a very, very bad virus has, been unle- has leaked from the Wuhan lab and it was on its way here. So we'd better lock down right away, just like Xi Jinping did, because he got rid of the virus. We will have to do the same thing. So he went to Trump and pleaded with him to follow the China model and get rid of this virus. And he was trusted because he hung around the right cocktail parties and he was a China hawk. And he's the one who made that initial call to Carlson. And when you get a call from a big shot at Mm -hmm. the National Security Council telling you inside information but swearing you to secrecy, but trusting you because you have the president's ear. And
1: it's It's a a virus that could kill us all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what do you do? You believe it. And he believed it. So he and his wife went to Mar-a-Lago and put his arm around Trump and said, this is the time, this is the time to be great, to be truly great. We need to stop this virus, we need to lock down, shut down the economy. Trump's a little skeptical. I don't know. I mean, lockdown. Can you can you do that? Can can you just like Can you just make
1: everyone stay in their yeah, house and not and, leave? And, and that makes that? the
0: virus go away. I mean, how don't we that, have a constitution yeah. or something? But but immediately, that. Fauci was there to say, "Look, he's he's right about this. He's right about this." And and I tell you something better, Xi Jinping, uh, mm-hmm. locked down and and controlled the virus. That's great. We can do one better because we. Have a new platform technology called MRNA. I can gener- we can generate this vaccine by the summer. So here's the way it is, Mr. Trump. You lock down, you protect the American people from this virus. By summer, we're gonna get the antidote. You mean like in the movies? Yes, just like in the movies. And you know, you think about what does greatness look like? You know, FDR, Wilson, Lincoln, Trump. Trump saves the country from mm-hmm. the Chinese bioweapon. That can be you, Mr. President. That can be you. That was on March 10th, only a few days after that Mar-a-Lago meeting with Tucker Carlson. True story. So uh, Tucker has has done a lot to reverse the damage of that day.
1: Thank you for sharing that. That is a story I have not heard anywhere else. I know
0: too much about this stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do we have any more questions? Anyone else out there with a, a question? By the
0: way, I'd love to get Matthew... Michael, my, Matthew, Matthew Puttinger on this podcast.
1: I have some questions for him.
0: Yeah, we'll
1: do our best. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it would be nice if, yeah. if I, I, if I can say his name. Puttinger. Is that name <laughs> right? Puttinger, yes, that's okay. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> China Hawk. Uh huh. Uh huh.
1: Well, is is there anything else? That when you agreed to this interview, which I asked you about just a few hours ago, uh, that you were hoping to talk about, that I have not asked you about, that you well, like
0: to—that's uh, okay. It's a sort of thing. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, well, let me just say this: uh, if we have not been changed, if we have not grown up, we've not been educated, we've not had our worldview shifted in some sense over the last three years, you're either a you know perfect prophet or you've been asleep. Or you're just completely indifferent. I've changed a lot. I have. Mm -hmm. I think we all have. Um, So I think it's a time for uh, that combination of humility. Like we need to learn. We need to study and understand things. We also need to be more ferocious than we've ever been. This is not a parlor game anymore. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with real life now. You know, libertarians used to sit around, debate, you know, talk, with them, but, uh, whatever. Um, you know, like, like we were, were little versions of Bukharin and Marx or something like that. You know, we have to solve all the problems in our heads. Well, it's not in our heads anymore. It's in the real world. It's us. It's our liberties. It's our lives. It's our families. It's our communities. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's devastating. Liberty is the source of life. Liberty and human rights is what makes the world great. We know it. It's our job to share that with the world and to fight in every single way. Do I have the perfect plan? I don't. But we cannot go back to the way we were. We cannot Mm -hmm. just keep playing these parlor games anymore. Everything is at stake. I mean everything. I really believe this. I think civilization itself is on the precipice. Everything... That's been built over five hundred years, if not a thousand years, if not fifteen hundred years, or thousands of years, is 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 being threatened right now.
1: Shut off the power for a week and see yeah. see chaos yeah. in the streets. It's, it's so terrifying. Anyway, I don't, anyway, I, don't
0: ha- I don't have the answer, but you know, I, I'll just tell you a quick story about Brownstone, and, the, and Brownstone is a, a powerful but it's a sort of small organization. Mostly, what we do is sanctuary work. We we take uh, scientists who've been you know, professionally displaced and, and adopt them and give them the freedom to write and think,
1: like Doctor Peter Hotes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, you have
0: to write a pretty good application letter. Uh, but um, my mother is the one who came up with the name Brownstone, and and the reason for that was that she, because I was coming up with a series of Greek and Latin names, and she said nobody's going to nobody's going to go to your website. I'm sorry, <laughs> this is ridiculous. What's wrong with you? <laughs> And she said, you know, the, the stone that built America was the brownstone because it was cheap, it was malleable, you could cut it in any different directions, it was really durable. And before commercialized steel was available in the, in the mid-1800s, mm-hmm. all the important uh, churches and civic buildings and schools and, and houses were, were made out of brownstone. And I'm sorry, my son, I never wanted you to live in this world, but we are starting over. We have to start over. We have to rebuild rebuild this country
1: i mean i think that's the perfect way to end end the podcast to end the show and you know this is something we we talk about a lot on you know my show finding freedom and and, um, Brian's show mean age daydream as libertarians like you just talked about you know for so long we had these you know hypothetical discussions and if covid did nothing else it slapped us in the face Thank and you. said, it, it's time to wake up we that. and start taking action. Right? We and needed that. and you, you said, you know, none of us have the answer. You don't have the answer. No. I don't have the answer. And I think it's, it's an individual answer on mm-hmm. what you do in your own personal life yeah. or for your family in order to help yourself prepare for these changing times. Okay. So just one more time, I will ask you, please plug the Brownstone. Oh, plug. Yeah. Anything so else that bra- you're, yeah, brownstone.
0: you're working on? brownstone.org. Uh, we publish a lot of books Buy all of our books. Um, get on the email list that's really important because you know if you don't we don't have that contact information you know god god knows they could shut us down tomorrow you know right i mean it's it's really very bad um we're also on 20 social media channels we're doing our best to get the word out it's a lot of social media thank you uh for for having me on and letting me talk as
1: expansively as i have yeah this has been awesome thanks for coming on my pleasure thank you All right. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that discussion with Jeffrey Tucker. Um, Always entertaining, Jeffrey Tucker. And that story at the end, the Tucker Carlson story was awesome. That was freaking awesome. Didn't even see that coming. And, uh, you know, it's nuggets like that, that, you know, it's always an entertaining conversation with Jeffrey Tucker for those reasons. So definitely check out the Brownstone Institute. Support Jeffrey Tucker and uh, support us, support the Lines of Liberty so we can go back to more events like this, go back to Pork Fest next, next year, go to other events. You can uh, you know, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lines of Liberty, Locals, um, Or you can buy an ad on our network and advertise whatever you want here. And you can just do that by reaching out to me, john at liberty.com. I'm going to keep it short on the outro. I will talk to you all next week. I'm not sure what the interview is going to be. I'm not sure if it's going to be a solo episode. It might be. You'll have to tune in next week to find out. Have a great 4th of July weekend. Stay safe. Don't do anything that I wouldn't do. And always remember to keep your head up. And the fire's burning.